that will affect DIN. Um, the first of these, and I think I shared with you in last month's call that there were several bills that came out of Sunset Committee that were working their way through the General Assembly. And so a couple of them have, have finished that process. The first is Senate Bill 87. That bill will allow Delaware's organ procurement organization, which is Gift of Life, to have access to the community health record when that would be helpful to them to determine whether a potential donor is in fact an appropriate donor for, um, for end of life decisions. So it, it's not like it occurs all the time, but it is something that will be a help to them. And we're very, we're very glad that, uh, you know, this is a role that DIN can play. The other bill, which is very impactful is Senate Bill 88. Um, this bill does several things. It allows the clinical data that we receive from all of our clinical data centers to be used for analytics for the same types of purposes that the claims database supports. So that would be public health reporting, population health studies, things that would improve the triple aim, that would help to reduce cost of care, you know, the basic kind of things that, uh, that we can already use claims data to support. This would allow us to use de-identified clinical data for similar purposes. It would also allow us to set up a data release uh, structure similar to what we already have with the claims data so that if somebody is requesting access to either a limited data set or identified data, that there's a formal process for very rigorously evaluating those requests and determining whether they do fit into an allowable purpose. The other thing that this um, bill does is codifies the requirement for patients to have access to their own data. So it does specify that whatever data DIN holds about a patient, if they request that patient or that uh, data or request that we provide it to a party of their choosing that uh, we're, we're expected to do that. There is one little clause in that bill. And when I was reviewing it again this morning, I, I, I like didn't remember that it was there, but I thought, oh my goodness, this is kind of cool. Um, it specifies that a state agency may elect to implement DIN services without having to go through the normal procurement process. So that could actually be a time saver for some of our state agencies and could be a value all the way around of cutting through some bureaucracy. The argument there was, of course, the state has already invested heavily in DIN and to then turn around and say, and now we've got to prove that it's okay for us to use DIN for services that we want, uh, want to procure seemed like a little um, circular. So we're very excited about that. It opens the door for some, I think, really important uh, new things that we'll be able to do. But there is a process that has to be gone through. So we will need to promulgate a regulation that specifies exactly what the process will be for requesting access to the clinical data for analytics purposes. Fundamentally, it will mirror uh, or be very, very similar to the process that's already in place 
uh, established by regulation for how we handle requests for uh, access to the claims data. And then even once we've got the bill passed and regulations passed, we've still got to go out to our individual data senders and renegotiate our contracts with the data senders because what has not changed under the statute is the fact that the data senders retain the business ownership of their data. So we still have to have contracts that specify what we are allowed to do with the data that is sent to us by these different folks. So there's a, a fair amount of work uh, ahead of us to accomplish the regulation rewrites and then to rework all of our contracts. But you eat the elephant one bite at a time. And this was a first really big bite of the elephant to be able to get that bill passed. So we're quite excited about that. Just as a reminder, there are four other bills that pertain to DEN that are still working their way through the General Assembly. Uh, Senate Bill 118 specifies that the long-term care facilities will be expected to enroll in DEN services and contribute data. Uh, Senate Bill 119 will require dental insurers to contribute claims data to the to the uh, healthcare claims database. Senate Bill 121 will require Department of Corrections and or their contracted service providers to enroll in DIN services and provide data to DIN. So those are three fairly substantive bills that are still in the General Assembly that have not yet passed. Given how close we are to the end of the fiscal year and the fact that attention inevitably shifts to the, uh, the, the, what am I trying to say, the budget process. Uh, it is not very likely that these three bills will pass in this uh, legislative session. So it will probably be January before they have the opportunity to get resurrected and continue through the process. Uh, you know, miracles do happen, but I'm honestly not going to hold my breath on this. There is one final bill, and that is Senate Bill 128, which essentially just makes technical corrections that will bring us, it bring our statute into conformance with the current style guide that the state uses for legislation. That one may or may not pass uh, because it's basically a formality. There's nothing substantive there that's going to change. So it may or may not pass before this session ends, but just letting you know, there's still a few of them out there. As far as other work to report, we continue our work with public health. There's not a lot that's new and exciting there. It's just the ongoing slog of everything that has to be done to address COVID. Uh, we're also pleased that with a growing percent of our population immunized, uh, the world is starting to open up again, and we're starting to feel like there may be life after COVID for uh, for all of us. But it isn't it isn't a done thing yet, and there is still a lot of work that has to take place with contact tracing and with testing and monitoring the health of the community. And we continue to play a role in working with public health in those efforts. Um, I don't know whether Erica joined this call, but she is heavily, yeah, there's, I see Erica there. She's, she's really our COVID queen <laughs> at DIN and is heavily engaged with, with public health uh, on, on those efforts. Uh, the other state agency that we are working with closely right now is the Division of Substance Abuse and Mental Health. 
And I've been sharing with you for several months now that we are in the process of onboarding DSAM as a new data sender to DIN. They are using our event notification services. They will be subscribing to the community health record. We're doing results delivery on their behalf, but they will also be sending data. And of course, uh, they can't send data until we've got our consent tool fully implemented, which I'll speak more about in a moment. Uh, But that onboarding is in process right now. And we are really, really pleased to be able to welcome a new state agency to the DIN community and feel that that's going to be an important relationship going forward. While I'm on the subject of new data senders, I would like to mention a few in the wings. Um, I believe I have mentioned in the past that we are in process right now of onboarding P4 labs as a new lab data sender. We just a few days ago finalized a contract with Priva Path Labs to be a new data sender. And we are very close to finalizing an exchange agreement with Pennsylvania that will allow us to exchange ADTs only. It's not going to be clinical data as a first step, but it will it will be some data that will be helpful so that a Pennsylvanian who is seen in Delaware, we will send them a copy of the ADT and a Delawarean that is seen in Pennsylvania, they'll send us a copy of the ADT. Uh, We've been wanting that exchange for literally at least a decade. And it's been a long slog, but we are finally, I think, actually getting pretty close to having that agreement finalized. So we'll uh, be obviously sharing more as it does get finalized and we work out the timing of a project plan and exactly when we might expect to see that. At this moment, it's sounding like it might be, you know, maybe late fall uh, before that project would actually get uh, finalized, but more to come as we, as we finalize our work plan for fiscal year uh, 22. Uh, we have implemented our event notification modifications that were needed for the hospitals to meet the new conditions of participation for Medicare. And fundamentally, it involved uh, being able to produce some audit artifacts that would allow the hospitals to produce the proof that you have in fact met the requirements of those conditions of participation. And um, if Lynn, is there anything you would like to share about where that project is right now? I think we're pretty close to uh, putting a bow on that one and saying that it's done. Yes, we um, just to chime in a little bit, we are working on the audit procedures for the data centers that are utilizing the application. So we're still in the middle of working on that. And then uh, we have one issue with Nemours that we're working on with AI, which will help everybody, but one issue that's, that's causing a problem in their workflow. Other than that, I haven't heard anything negative or anything else. Um, so it is close to being done, done, done. And as always, you know, we solicit your feedback. If, if you're delighted with it and it's meeting your expectations, that would be really good for us to know if there's any areas that are causing hiccups or it's not quite as pain-free as you think it should be, tell us that as well. You know, give us the chance to figure out uh, what we can do to make it better. 
Uh, I did allude to our consent management tool a moment ago, and we are getting darn close to being ready to take that into production. We are in active testing right now. And again, to refresh your memory for those who may or may not have been on these calls before, this is a tool that will enable us to meet the special strict requirements for handling substance use disorder data, which the privacy requirements are even stricter than HIPAA and require affirmative consent by the patient to share that data with anybody other than the provider or provider organization that generated it in the first place. So this tool will be available to patients directly through our personal health record it will also be available through the community health record so that you can uh, work with your healthcare provider to kind of work through the process of granting consent to share that data with other members of the care team. Um, I won't go into all of the details about how this works because we've discussed it several times on previous monthly calls, but this is phase one. And we are anticipating that in fiscal year 22, there will be additional development done on this consent tool that will allow the patient to select in a much more granular way, not just all members of my care team, but specific providers and or organizations who they do and do not want to have access to this very specific um, sensitive information about them. So the ongoing development and sophistication of this tool is something that is going to be really important for us. And we do expect to continue that work into fiscal 22. We continue to have just a ton of business coming into the claims database and our analytics service line. And um, I think a number of you may be aware of a project that the Healthcare Commission has uh, engaged with us for, and that is a cost-aware uh, project that will begin to provide the public with access to information about variability in the cost of care for certain common things. Uh, it, it, the initial uh, release is not going to be pointing fingers at any one provider or any one health plan or any one anything. It's intended to just show, look, there's variation in cost for this procedure across the state or for this a service across the state. Um, over time, it is intended to be developed into a more specific tool that will um, that, that will take it down to a, a more identifiable level, but that will not be done without a lot of engagement with the provider community and the payer community first to ensure that everybody understands where the data comes from, where, how the numbers are reached, whether it's believable or not. And, um, you know, in other words, that before it, it's made available to the public, we have to all be confident that it's believable. So there are plans there. And I got to tell you, DIN's role is we host the data, but this is not our project. This is the state's project. 
And by statute, we are obligated to provide the claims data to state agencies who request it. So uh, I think there's a number of uh, webinars and stakeholder conversations that are already scheduled and will be taking place in the near future if they have not already. Some of you may be involved in those at your own organization. Uh, but we've got quite a lot of work that is going on right now with the claims database. And if Terry Lynn is on, I don't see Terry Lynn on. So, okay, I was going to just ask if she had anything specific that she wanted to mention about that, but I don't see her on the call. So we'll um, we'll, we'll let that go for now. So I mentioned our FY22 work plan, and that's kind of the thing that is looming for us right now. Of course, we're on the same fiscal year as the state, and many of you are as well. So our fiscal year ends June 30th, and oh my goodness, it's already June 9th, so it's getting darn close. So we are heads down right now in developing our fiscal year 22 budget and our fiscal year 22 work plan. Uh, there, it, it, it's gonna be a challenging year, you know, with COVID and the year before that, we had our transition to a new community health record. And those have been very, very resource intensive activities. And there have frankly been some things that we've wanted to do for several years that have just had to go on hold because we simply didn't have the resources and the bandwidth. And we are trying desperately this year to say, we want to start catching up with some of the real value added work that we've not been able to get to because of other very pressing things. But I also don't want to grind our people into the ground, which frankly we have been doing for several years now. And it's just gotta stop. You just can't burn out your people. And so it's a real challenge for us to figure out how we are going to resource um, all the work that we need to get done this year. And we've got some bright people that are really putting their thinking caps on and coming up with some creative solutions. But that's what is taking up a lot of our time and energy right now is just trying to figure out a workable plan for our FY22 work. So as we get that gelled and we get board approval for our budget, uh, you'll hear more about what's on our plate for FY22, but that is kind of the world from where we sit at this moment. Uh, this one, I guess, is a shorter call than usual, but nothing wrong with that. You can have some time back in your day. I'm sure we can all use it. Uh, our next town hall is scheduled for July 14th, so we will be in a new fiscal year by then and um, into the summer. So I hope everybody is gonna get a chance to take some well-deserved time off, hopefully with fewer restrictions. <laughs> uh, last year, I kind of feel like we all lost the summer and every other holiday along the way, but may maybe we start to get some of that back this year. So I wish you all most well and let us know how we can help you, how we can serve you better because that is truly what we desire to do. So thanks and um, catch you next time. Thank you for joining us for this episode of The Dincast. We'll have more coming in the future and you can make sure that you get the latest episodes by following The Din on social media. We are on Twitter at Din underscore H-I-E and you can find us on Facebook by simply searching for Delaware Health Information Network. Also, if you have any questions or suggestions about the podcast, 
and maybe have some suggestions about future topics that you would like to hear us discuss, please email us at dincast at din.org. If you would like to learn more about the DIN, please visit us on our website at din.org. Also, please feel free to give our new podcast a like and share it with those you think can benefit from our discussions. Thank you again for joining us, and let's talk again soon.